You'll be listening to Sim, Peter and myself, Ian, in a reflective mood on today's podcast. This is Why You Run Spurs and the Super League is over before it's even begun. support for why he won Spurs. We all went about our business on Sunday, knowing we were exactly a week away from the biggest match of our season, meaning a big week ahead. But as we record now, less than midway through that week, right after Wednesday's 2-1 win over Southampton, Ryan Mason has just taken charge of the team post-Jose Mourinho's sacking. But that's not even half the story. As I mentioned before, I'm Ian Wallace, and I'm here with the two rights boys, Simon and Peter. Simon, how are you? You've had a crazy couple of days at Talk Sport, I bet. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm good, Ian. Good to uh, good to hear you again. Good to uh, to do another podcast. But yeah, what a what a week! I don't think not even a week. It's half. It's it's like three days. That it's, all this has happened over. But it's yeah, but it's been incredible, mate. It's been bonkers. Is there a baptism of fire? Peter, how are you, sir? Are you uh, yeah, yeah, working. Dead, yeah. Dead to street, back, back, full and couple, uh, couple, it. couple of days of that. Yeah, and a day of music today. But uh, just I'm feeling a bit shell shocked. Uh, on yeah. Monday in the surgery, I had talk sport on all day. So yeah. watching it, listening to it all unfold, and just uh, glued to the sports news all day. Just a, like you, you couldn't write a soap opera like this. Like uh, I was going to wake up like uh, in a Pam Ewing sort of fashion and uh, imagine it all had been a, a crazy dream. Or, or, is it, or is it as crazy as when Blue split up? Oh, no, no, not as dramatic as that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, but before we start proceedings, it's four years ago today that Ugo Ekia passed away and his final tweet was hashtag do something kind. He was a well thought of man at Spurs and in the football community as a whole. So it's important we remember him and perhaps, perhaps act out his last tweet in some way. So thinking of you today, Ugo. I, t- I tell you what, Ian, let's hear from Sam Cox. Remember, we spoke to Sam Cox over the summer. Um, during our, during our project, he was. I think he went through season oh eight or nine with us. Uh, but he is a coach. At, I'm not sure if he's actually still a coach at Spurs. I assume he is. Not heard mm. from him since. But yeah, let's let's hear from Sam and some of his reflections on Hugo that he gave us. What Hugo had in abundance was likability, and I think for any player to have that connection with someone you know of higher authority, to have that man management, and to have that likability and respect across you know across the board and players and staff alike it was an un- unbelievable attribute to have and for all that he'd achieved in his career you know playing for England and playing hundreds of games in the Premier League he was such a humble man and you know he was respected highly by everyone it was a pleasure to work I remember when Hugo first came in I was just starting out and um, I was actually doing the uh, voluntary work in the academy John McDermott was getting me back to I was just kind of assessing what was going on and learning my trade really just observing the under 16s and obviously I took a few sessions with Hugo when Hugo first came in and that was a great experience and I learned a lot from him not only as a coach but as a human being too. That was brilliant to hear from Sam again he was right that was one of our best best podcasts over the summer he was really insightful and it was brilliant to hear his insight into Hugo then who was a such a lovely man um, anyway, let's get back to tonight's short, shortish show. So, Peter, first of all, before we get on to uh, the roller coaster of the Super League, can I go for Peter, can I first get your reaction on tonight's game, which is only 20 minutes old? 
yeah, I call it a game of two halves. Not to want to coin any cliches here, but really, the first half, like I was halfway. If I had a dog, I'd have taken it for a walk. Can't really take the cats for a walk, so I would have joined you. A bit weird if you did, but joined you on the common there. I couldn't bear to watch it. We couldn't pass the ball to a white shirt. Uh, they were first to every challenge. It's like suddenly Carl Walker Peters became Roberto Carlos. Mm-hmm. It was just like Dr. Tottenham. And I thought, oh no, they, they've been stinking the place out for a long time, Southampton, since the turn of the year. Yeah. I thought, how come they've become world beaters? And then the second half, it was just like like the shackles were off and like more like on the front foot. So yeah, I think we were well you know, deserved three points really on the second half display what did you what did you think of sort of uh, any anything new which sort of Ryan Mason um, had sort of introduced did you see any sort of change um, I can't really, really say it was really it, it looked like a 4-3-3 set up playing to what you know what we had available mm. to us uh, I just think more than personnel or tactically it just seemed like particularly with the second half like was more like to be on the front foot. I think Bale said it in the post-match interview. We're, we're a team of attacking players and we were just playing to what we were good at, basically. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. Sim, what, what was your take on it? Yeah, it wasn't convincing, was it? And I've got to admit that when we went 1-0 down, considering the way we started the game, I was kind of thinking, because let's, let's be honest, I don't know if it's the same for you, but for myself... The events of the last few days has meant that it's not really sunk in so much that Ryan Mason is 29 years old. He's managing. I was sat there, wasn't I? Wasn't I, Dad? Peter? Yeah, yeah. I was sat there um, and just kind of looking at the players on the pitch. I was looking at Regulon. I was looking at Hoiberg. I was looking at Aurier. And I was thinking, is Ryan Mason really going to you know, be able to sort of tell these guys at half time that. Because we, we weren't playing good enough in the first half. And I was thinking, I really didn't have the confidence that he you know, could take him into that dressing room. I know he's bleeds Tottenham and he was a brilliant player for us, actually. He's a very underrated mm-hmm. player. I think I think true Tottenham fans will recognise what he did for the Pochettino era and mm-hmm. elevating that to what it did become. He was really there at the at the start of it. But I, d- I did doubt, like, taking those players into the dressing room. Is he really going to, you know... I, I think the commentator mentioned throwing teacups and he didn't... He doesn't. He's not the kind of guy who's going to do that. So I did have my doubts, but, I mean, fair play to him. He's just... He's just taken it back to basics, I think, and that basic is the attacking talent we have on the pitch. And it wasn't convincing, but you know what? If you if you grind out a victory, then that's good enough, isn't it? The second yeah, half I was think, convincing. I think possibly. Oh, sorry, Peter, go on. So the second half was convincing, and uh, you know, could, could he be a Roberto Di Matteo? <laughs> I'll take be, it. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just I just think that his sort of appointment, you know, which possibly we might sort of cover in the next next couple of weeks but it is a point that possibly might sort of galvanise the team a little bit you know he's one of them a little bit I don't know possibly he's been a bit toxic and possibly that they may work really hard for him and this this win you know you never know could give us a little bit of momentum obviously the Man City games is that aside but we could get a bit of momentum who knows what could happen absolutely but also I, I, I just just in the personnel and the, I don't actually think there's any real change in personnel apart from enforced kind and obviously Dyer playing instead of obviously Sanchez and Roden. So that, that's interesting. He brought those back, possibly for a bit of experience there. Um, but I don't really see any change in our shape or anything. Um, but to be fair, it's only in a few days, and 
what, what we can't really change something so massively before you know a cup final, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mourinho played a free in his last game, didn't he? The Everton game, mm. and. Mm. As, again, we just looked. At, we just looked exposed. Like with you, you see, you normally see a back three or a back five when you're trying to patch up weaknesses in a team, but it didn't seem to patch anything up. That was that, that. It was good to see him go back. I think Mason to to the back four and play Toby as well. Play Toby Alavera, yeah. our best centre half. That was good to yeah. see. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. But I just think, do you, do you do you feel now? I mean, we won't dwell on this because we've got lots more to talk about. But Peter, do you feel now we could get a little bit of a tilt uh, top four spot? I mean, we could conceivably win most games. Yeah, I mean, those are winnable games. You know, they're they're also losable games. You know, but you know, the thing is, Leeds. What have we got? Leeds. We've got Sheffield at home. I forgot yeah. what the the other games we've got. Leicester away. Leicester away, it did, they all look winnable on our day, but it just yeah. depends, you know. Um, so important to get this one over the line. It was just so, particularly going into that final, getting a bit of momentum, getting the feeling of actually winning a football game again. So, yeah, yeah. One, one, thing, one thing I did want to bring up, though, is I, I, I still don't understand where Ndembe, why Ndembele is playing so deep. I'd, rather, I'd love to see him play like, as part of that front three. Well, you know, against um, was it Everton our last game? He was, yeah. wasn't he? Pushed forward a little bit more. And, yeah, he was. Yeah. And he was just—I uh, thought it was really disappointing in that game. Sort of. He's been flattered to deceive. You know, is the thing. Yeah, I think so. He looks lovely on the ball, but he's just—I don't know. I'm, I'm well, not it's so the sure. pro- it's the problem with our team this season is that we don't have guys turning up at the same time. I mean, Son, he's been quite. Anonymous for a lot of games in. He was good in twenty. Yeah, tonight, tonight. but this this calendar year he's not been great. But sort of you go back to possibly pre Christmas and then maybe just after Christmas. And yeah. and Dombele was like he's got that goal against Sheffield and we're thinking right is he going to really hit form and it just never really happened did it? And I could see Son stepping up actually stepping up in that second half. Like, yeah, really I totally agree, Peter. Really also, also something. Some other but I really like the way Lascelles moves the ball really quickly. I think it sort of gives us a little bit, yeah. a little bit of momentum. Well, I think Endobelli holds on to it a little bit longer yeah. for me. So I don't know that that that, that was a positive for me tonight. Yeah, uh, the other thing that does my head in is that Lucas and some, uh, very much Endobelli they get the ball and then they seem to run into three players, uh, like like running sort of inward inward sort of play and instead of looking out to regular and Oreo because there are always there's a ball on out and that, that mm. drives me nuts that particularly end of ballet does try to do Hollywood things and run almost like run through players I mean sometimes he does emerge with the ball but more often than yeah. not we lose possession so that drives me nuts yeah, yeah, I agree. Sometimes they hold on to it a little bit too long. Anyway, guys, that that's that's a really good win for us tonight. As I think Peter summed it up, but it's important for us to get that over the line. Yeah. Um, so that's really important. Um, right. What else has been happening this week? Jesus, what's been happening? <laughs> right. Shall, shall, shall we start with the Super League? Yes. Okay. Peter, me and you are older. Mm-hmm. What is your take on this? Well, I don't know how it broke. Did you break it to me? Did you? I think did you see something that Sim said to me said, uh, and I was I was like, "Don't be silly," you know. <laughs> and it just felt like a feeling of like this is surreal. Like, yeah, it's surreal. That can't really happen. And then he said, "But no, no, no. It actually is. This actually is happening, and it's yeah. gathering momentum, and it's you know." And I just thought, and there's just a feeling of disbelief that you know. Did then, you feel angry? And then then the angry. the anger didn't set in straight away because I thought it's just a sense of 
absurdity. How absurd is that as an idea? And then <laughs> you realise what the motivation was behind it, and then the anger set in. And I thought, how you know, you know, what does that mean for the remainder of the clubs? And then you think, well, hold on a minute. This is how the Premier League first formed, you know, yeah. with a bit of skullduggery going on, mm. you know. <laughs> You know, so, yeah, just feeling of disbelief, making way, giving way to anger, really. And do yeah. you, um, Peter, obviously we're, we're a bit older. I mean, I don't, you know, this has been mooted for a, quite a long time, this idea of the European Super League. I mean, I would go as far as to say, you know, over 20, over 20 years ago, this has been a sort of, uh, been kicking around. Would you agree? Yeah, but I mean, this is kind of slightly different because it's just the underlying arrogance just the arrogance that you think you could just create this sort of like cartel closed shop and where nobody can, you know, no one can get in from the outside. It's just um, that guy over at Real Madrid, is it Perez? Florentino yes. Perez. I just think he is just like, a, I mean, I'm sure he thinks he's the Don, but I think he's just despicable. You know. The plum. Yeah. Um, Sim, what, what's your take? I mean, you've obviously lived and breathed this on um, the George, uh, White and Jordan show all week, but what's your sort of take? Who, who do you think is the main driver behind this? Perez. I, it's, I mean, it's definitely coming from um, Spain, isn't it? Let's be honest. And it's that it's it's that jealousy about the Premier League and about what we have in the Premier League, the amount of people who watch it overseas. I mean, I, 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 I thought it this week, like, I'm pretty sure that the maybe not the most ardent Spanish football fan, but a fair number of Spanish football fans wouldn't even be able to name the 20 clubs in La Liga. That's how poor it is outside of the top four. You've got Sevilla, wow. you've got Atletico, you've got Real Madrid, you've got Barca. And then, and then well, Valencia, yeah, I suppose you, you've got some historical big clubs, Villarreal, all right. But, I mean, could you name all the all the 20 clubs in, in Spain, Ian? Yeah, in, in La Liga. Yeah, so it, exactly, yeah, the, the likes of the Ibars and the Levantes. So what they have is that they don't have the league that's as strong as ours. It's not the product of ours. They don't have the, the tiers below as well. So they don't understand the fact that it's going to affect a historical, you know, going back 200 years pyramid. I mean, there's there's clubs in, possibly in League 2, who would have, I think Knox County are in, are in non-league right now. And they've been in the in the top flight as early as maybe the early 90s, late 80s. So it's just, I think, yeah, to answer your original question, I think it's come from Spain, but the, yeah, the arrogance of it is, is just off the charts, isn't it? And do, and do you, I mean, I, I thought, I mean, no one really knows yet. I mean, how long has this been going and how incredible, Peter, that yes. this has been kept quiet for so long? I mean, how long do you reckon this has been in the offing? Uh, I mean, the, 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 project, the project Big Picture was proposed by Man United and Liverpool in October, I think. So you you could only really trace it back to when that failed and then go, right, all right, let's pick up the phone to the clubs around Europe who are more or as powerful as us. So I think, it's you're right, it's been kicking around for a long time. But that's, but that's when I think when that got rejected, I thought, right, that's it. You're not going to get anything from Rick Parry and the EFL. So let's go to the Madrids and the Barca's who are in a bit of disarray right now. They're in billions of debt. Hang on a minute. What, what is, what is Project Big Picture for our listeners? Project Big Picture, so that was a proposal made by Liverpool and Man United, I think in October, and it was essentially to cut the Premier League down to 18 clubs. But the main small print of that was that the top six clubs in the Premier League would have 
the the greater voting rights i believe it's like yeah. the you need to have like a, a a majority of 14 don't you in a premier league yeah. vote to pass something so it'd be effectively changing the constitution of the the premier league but also cutting it down to cutting it down to 18 clubs um yeah. and was there was like a sort of caveat that they tried to entice the EFL with there was plenty of other small prints in it there was loads of, loads of bullet points but they tried yeah. to entice the EFL by offering them 25% of the annual overseas revenue, but it was for in exchange for irreparable power to the top six, which is obviously what they're trying to do with, with the, the, um, the Super League as well. And Peter, can I come to you? Do you think, do you think sort of the climb down, do you think it's a watershed moment for football that fans of the equilibrium of power has possibly come back to the fans? It's a victory for for common sense and reason, but it's also a victory for the fans, you know. The, the mood of the fans, the mood of a lot of people outside of the owners of football club, uh, you know, it was just, it's totally been misjudged. They totally misread the, the mood of the ordinary common man, you know, and it's just, they're just like, they've had their noses blooded. Really? But, but Peter, but yeah. Peter, can I throw this to you? Obviously, yeah. okay. So I, I get, I get, like the the Americans and the owners. Um, I get sort of why they possibly misjudged it. But Daniel Levy right. is like an Englishman, and he has, um, you know, he is follows Spurs all his life, so he's close to the supporters. How did he get it so badly wrong? Yeah, because I think, to be honest, I think clubs like Spurs and Chelsea were kind of pulled along for the ride. I think mm. I don't think they were like the main sort of instigators of it, but you know they they, they just they just kind of like really kind of really misgu- in a misguided way, and now they they've all got their tails between their legs. I mean, even Boris waded in, <laughs> you know. It just it's, looked, it's, I, yeah. It's kind of co- yeah. Go ahead, Ian. Sorry, Sim. Can I just come on to that thing you mentioned, Boris? There, I think Sim. Do you think it's really inter- interesting that the government stepped in and it just sort of shows. Yeah. how football is such a part of our framework of societies in. You'd like to think so, definitely. I mean, it's easy credibility, isn't it? Because if you've got, if you've got something that, I mean, that I've not come across a single person, bar, I mean, I've not come across those owners, but I haven't even heard anyone who's remotely gone anywhere near saying it's a good idea. So if you're going to be back, if you're going to seemingly be <coughs> a high-profile person, standing up for the people. I mean, this is Boris Johnson being a man of the people and that's just not, not really the case, is it? But yeah. it's 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 easy it's easy political points. But I mean if there's if they can do anything, they're talking about legislation now, they're doing a fan led review into football now, whatever that means. So mm. if there's anything they can do to stop anything like this happening again or stop stop it from even being proposed, then there's a room for it, but it's, you've got to be a bit sceptical, I think, when government are, are stepping in. And and can I ask, go back to you, Peter, how would you feel, you know, if it had gone ahead? You know, do you yeah. think you'd have ever attended any of the games? No. Even like, you imagine like on a Wednesday evening, we've got Real Madrid at home. What, what do you sort of think? Do you think in time you would have done it? I don't know. I don't know if my mind actually even accepted it to the degree of it actually happening. I mean, yeah. Sim just kept reassuring me, you know, you know, this is gathering momentum. I think it's going to happen. For me, I thought it was dead in the water when there was no PSG and when there was no Bayern. From mm. that point of view, how can it have any I never credi- thought it was going to happen. How can it have any credibility? And then it sort of dawned on me, is this just a bit of brinkmanship? 
right mm. to, to get more money out of the new you know they're not happy with the deal for the Champions League or whatever and to gain yeah. to gain leverage for that because for me I just think my mind never moved on to whether I <laughs> yeah. would attend a game if I'm honest um, but, yeah. but you sort of say that it was a leverage for the new deal. I mean, yeah. they must have been starting this, these conversations quite a long time ago before they knew anything about the deal. So I'm sort of quite sceptical yeah. that it was. I just think it's possibly just greed, 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 as we say. But mm. I just want to sort of go back to the, the point, Sim, of has you know this shifted the power of football towards the fans, especially in this country. Do you think, Sim, it could sort of lead to, say, cheaper t- tickets and shirts and possibly... You know, a more German model. You know, should should we have the mantra "be more German"? Yeah, I mean, it it would be nice if the if the fans were to get respected a little bit more. It's to remember, this is all born out of pretty much. It's I heard Graeme Souness say on on Sky, I think it was yesterday, that they've pretty much rinsed Europe. So now they're trying to get as much as they can get from Asia, which has 5 billion people is what he quoted. I've never, I've never researched how many people are in Asia, but he said 5 billion people. So, I mean, that's a big, that's, if you break that down, that's a, that's a lot of money you can make from that. But like, maybe with these top six teams who have damaged their PR so much and Liverpool who are like, who've positioned themselves to be all about the fans for years and then suddenly they do this and then Tottenham who have just possibly gone along for the ride, I don't know, but like, uh, yeah, maybe... You could see cheaper tickets for a little while while they're trying to repair their relationship with the fans it's because it's going to do a lot. To, it's going to take a lot to do that. It's a watershed moment in the sense that they have seen how far they can push the fans, and it's just like one step too far. I mean, Ian, do you think that Levy kind of the way he's done it is just sort of sign up and see where it goes? Because you know, he's a, he's a, we don't even need to, I don't need to say it. He, he's a smart man. Like he will know. He will know that there's probably nothing in the Premier League rulebook that says if you go along with something like this, maybe you could cause something like bringing the league into disrepute. But I don't think there's any real rules against having a Zoom meeting with a load of fans and they signed a contract, didn't they? So maybe there's something around that. But do you think they just went along with it and just thought, you know what, I'll just I'll just go along with it and see and see what happens, really, because he didn't. He's not really said anything, has he? Apart from I that think, apology. I, I, that's a great point, Sim. I, I think possibly he did well to get us in the conversation. Okay, and how did we get in this conversation? I mean, obviously we're like a wealthy big club, but I don't know. Did, 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 or, did or did they sort of come to us thinking, well, they've got new stadium, they've got a lot of debt. You know, we could possibly we're primed for somebody who might sign up for it. You know, another English club, so lots of fans. I don't know. I, I think he did well to get us in the conversation, but I genuinely don't think he's a driver in this. I think he's just along for the ride, Sim. I totally do. But just just, just going on to that, Sim, and Peter, I'll ask both of you, Peter first. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we've seen a lot of these people, a couple of people, Edward was resigned. I think he did Angeli resign in the end. Yeah, they um, did. Do we think Levy should resign, Peter? Um well, that's a that's that's a, that's a, a different matter. Uh, I think he should resign over he should resign over different matters, but not yeah, particularly yeah, yeah, that. Just just for this incident, do you think it's like you know he 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 should have possibly resigned just on this incident alone? I don't know about that over this particular. I think because it's a collective like mm. uh, faux pas, really. I don't know <laughs> with you know I don't know what else to call it. I don't know if this in itself was a resignation issue. He owes, he, he, owes, he owes us a grovelling apology, though. 
Yeah, but that, that, that's an annoying thing. I mean, I, I, I've been quite busy at work, so I haven't really sort of followed it that much today, but has, has Spurs issued an actual apology like, say, Arsenal did? Or Yeah, did? I, I think Arwen dropped to 5-11 to 11, like four of the others, and Chelsea Chelsea's one was last and City's one was first, but yeah, I think we, we yeah, were one no, of the 5-11s. No, no, but, but then I, I don't know, what, was it an apology to our fans? I didn't actually hear it. It wasn't. It was. It's all quite. They're all quite sort of like arbitrary, aren't they? Like, is it's kind of we we try to do what's right for the club, and it's what he said all along, I suppose. But it's it's just not the the, the context of what's happened. It's just not gonna. No apology is gonna cut it. They they tried to they tried to shaft English football. She yeah, having, having I, a... I genuinely do think he was along for the ride. I don't think he was the driver in this. I don't think no. he. I think he felt we wasn't worthy to be the driver of this. I don't know. What do you think of that, guys? Do you, do you agree with me on that? That he's not he, that we that he can't we can't be a driver in something like this because we're not worthy to be at the table. No, no, we were we were worthy to be at the table. It's the sense that we we reached the Champions League final not that long ago. We've been in the Champions League for like four or five seasons prior to last season. So in a sense, I think that plus the stadium and the fact that we positioned mm. he's positioned the club to a position where we were in the conversation and I think that's why we were in the conversation but I don't think we were any of the sort of if you could say ringleaders of it and you, and you do you do wonder as well like how something like this could develop I mean it's not it, it wouldn't just stay like that it would develop over years and as I said before part of the reason why they've gone and done it in the first place is because of the product that we have in the Premier League so who's to say that you know after five years of the Super League they might not they might have Impose some sort. They've got the, the they've got the Champions League and the Europa League now, so they they might. I know it's not a UEFA competition, but they might have, you know, increased it to eight Premier League teams, or maybe had a promotion and relic like had an Everton or, a, or an Aston Villa might be able to get into it a year after and stuff. So I think it's just very telling that there were three clubs from the other leagues and then six from England. It's like it's really is trying to just take the best out of. It's, it's, it's almost the same as what clubs do to us in terms of stealing our players, isn't it? Just taking the best and leaving the thing behind in tatters, really. You're not going to be talking about Perez and how he's <laughs> yeah. rinsed our club well, exactly. of our best players. Well, he was trying to do it to the whole league this time. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, for, for me, it really hit me because, I mean, you know, I, I still sort of, I love the romance in football, you know. I think one of the Chelsea fans last night at the, the demonstration sort of said, "We, you know, we, we we want our Stoke away, you know." And just that, you know, could could if if this league had have evolved, possibly we'd just be playing in Europe, and that would be it, you know. In the game in say five or six years' time, could be unrecognisable. Yeah. And that was my worry. And for me, the romance. I love the romance of football. You know, Peter, I'm sure you're as old, you know, just slightly older than me. But I remember just going to the games with my dad and standing on a milk crate. You know, and I and I love that romance. But yeah. I get the game. I get the game has to evolve, but it needs to evolve with consultation. And Sim, you just mentioned earlier on that that this might evoke some consultation. Is that is that correct? Yeah, a consultation from who? Sorry. Did you say there's there going to be a little bit of consultation? The government mentioned about consultation or something. They're doing a review uh, led by fans into football, so into the finances yeah. of football. But what are they going to find that we already that we don't already know is right is wrong with football? Yeah, you're right. But do you, do you not think that there's been a lot of sort of? I mean, our, our local club, Dulwich Hamlet, who's very you know a very progressive club, yeah. t- uh, posted something. You know, football exists outside of the top six. Mm. 
and that sort of made me feel a little bit embarrassed. I mean, I, I just felt, I, I feel that everyone outside of the top six is sort of staring at us and pointing fingers at us. And I'm slightly embarrassed. Sim, do you feel that? Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I, I think I said it to you on one of the early days of when this came out, is that I don't, I, I don't know about you guys, but I don't think of Tottenham as being like up there with Man United and Liverpool, really. I mean, in my in my time, we've been sort of trying to get into that's. The, I mean, this is where it goes back to the the meritocracy of getting punching punching above what, where we have been to get into the Champions League. The Peter Crouch goal against Man City, you know, that's that's that nights like that wouldn't exist anymore no, with something like that. Special moments, yeah, man. where you've earned something, where you've actually earned the right to to do something. Nights like that would just would just disappear into the ether. And then, and also, uh, was it West Brom? Who did they beat recently? In the West Brom went to went somewhere and won recently. Some one of the so-called big. They beat Chelsea five two. Yeah, five two. Yeah, and then and we we could easily have been beaten by Southampton this evening, very yeah. easily by a club supposedly outside of the you know. So that romance and that the, the, you can't take the romance, you can't take the jeopardy out of. Football, because that's part of the fa- that's part of the fabric of football. The first game, first game I took Simeon to was Spurs. Well, that he remembers Spurs v Bolton. You know, yeah, mm. you know, and that that's where his love of Spurs was formed. You know, but do you think yeah. do you think though that the other leagues don't have that depth of you know competition like we have? Do you think that's why I don't think the English clubs are the driver in it, Sim? Definitely, yeah. definitely, and not just in the top flight league, but around the the, the lower leagues. That the championship is is brilliant, and it's got its problems. I mean, the championship is a bit of a ticking time bomb, and then below that, it's like the gap is just huge. But mm. they the the other the other countries in Europe, I, I don't think they have any. The, the championship is like was it like the fifth most watched league in Europe or something? Yeah, you can't right. wow. Incredible. Yeah, Sim's spot on when he says, they, particularly the Spanish, they look upon our league jealously. Mm. They, with a lot of jealousy, I mean, I meant to say. Mm. Yeah, they see the um, depth you, of competition and they, they look on jealously. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. Do, do you think the game, like this, the game needs to change slightly? I heard someone the other day sort of saying, yes, the game needs to evolve a little bit. But are we sort of talking the game to evolve slightly or are we sort of talking the game needs to be split into quarters because the new younger generation, possibly they like to sort of look at their phones while they're watching the game and possibly they can't concentrate for the full 90 minutes. What's, what's your sort of thoughts on how the game could evolve or is it is it good enough as it is and stop messing around with the product? I mean, I would, I would say that in some ways it needs to devolve in the fact that the gap between the top teams and the lower teams needs to be needs to be sort of smaller that needs to be closed but having said that West Ham might break into the Champions League this year and Leicester look like they're going to be in it I know they've won the league already in the last few years but they look like they're going to get back into the Champions League so I, I, I don't think it's that broken I think the only the, the most broken thing about football right now is that <laughs> we're watching games behind closed doors which is just not engaging at all but actually if you're talking about like kids being on their 
being on their phones during games. I'm, I'll admit, I'm on my phone quite a lot yeah. during <laughs> during the games. But I can't, I can't, in, just personally, I can't engage with games behind closed doors in the same way, especially non-Tottenham games. Tottenham games are a bit different, but yeah. the, the the neutral games, I, I couldn't really care less about them. I, so I think yeah. I think we will get a big bounce once crowds do get back in, however many numbers it's going to be, really. Yeah, I agree. Um, Peter, can I just come to you? I just want to talk about uh, the hypocrisy of UEFA sort of uh, pigeonholing themselves as being the wronged person. What's your sort of thoughts on that? Wronged? In what way? In what way? I don't well, as sort of saying, you know, this is all wrong. You know, they come up with a statement saying this is, you know, you shouldn't be doing this, blah, blah, blah. We will do this, we will do that, when they are the biggest money grabbers in the world. Yeah. And I mean, FIFA as well. It's, it's, it's uncondonable what they've done, you know. And, and uh, I, I, just, I just thought, well, I just wanted to see some of those... The threat of those sanctions that were there was some threat from FIFA as well. <laughs> yeah. Like, can you imagine Harry Kane not playing for England because <laughs> because he's signed up for this Super League? It's just yeah. But, but you're right. FIFA, the hypocrisy of them. I mean, I heard the other day. Yeah. I think on uh, the Price of Football podcast, which is a very good podcast, if you want to listen, yeah. about that they spent five million on renovating the the FIFA headquarters in Switzerland. Yeah, it's, it's... I mean, the hypocrisy of that. <laughs> Um, but rotten just, to the core. Just, <laughs> just yeah, rotten to the core. You are right. You're right. But just to sort of wrap up this little podcast, you know, where where do you sort of see? Do you think in the next ten years this will ever rear its head, or do you think it's been slapped down so badly that it's never going to rear its head? Possibly in the in a in the next twenty years. Maybe in a different first. way. Maybe in a different way because. Uh, I heard murmurings of this breakaway Super League <laughs> more than three or four years ago. I'm They've sure. been talking about rubbish for years. Like, remember game? Sure do you remember game thirty nine? Yeah, Be- yeah. <laughs> that sort of stuff. Yeah. And that was going to be played at some far flung destination. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember game thirty nine. So there have been murmurings and whisperings of this kind of shenanigans for for, for for quite a while actually. And I think it it might come back, but in maybe a different guise. That's what I think. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you, you can't imagine being at the airport all looking forward to, uh, with your Stone Island on wait, waiting to go to Dubai away no. for the 39th game. I don't think that's ever going to happen, is it? No. Anyway, guys, it's been a real, real great game. Ian, just, just before we wrap up, just before we wrap up, I mean, how did you feel when it broke on Sunday? And I, I, I was actually, I felt really, I felt a bit sick, actually. You know, I, I'm a bit of a, romantic, a romanticist when it comes to to football, you know, I loved the game. I really felt low. I just felt really fuming angry. So mm. much so, I just want to ask you, you this question as well, you guys this question, that I felt that any any sort of punishment, I sort of felt, I, even if it was my club, I wanted those six clubs to get really punished, really punished with a, really badly. So I just felt... I was the same. I was the same, yeah. I tell you, Ian, I, I was ready to take relegation. <laughs> I, I, would, I would have been happy going to Swansea in the Championship next season, and yeah, yeah. I, I really, I, just as a, I would have taken the, that punishment. I was so incensed. I felt, I felt sick actually, and and, yeah. and a lot of anger, and you know, even Casper, who can't be on the podcast tonight, you know, he's thirteen, and he he had a lot of anger, and all he kept on saying is just greedy. It's just greedy, you know. He's He's a boy who loves going to the games, to watch yeah. the games. Yeah, and Ian, d- does it change? Because we've we've talked a lot in this podcast since it started in July 2019 about what Enix plan is and about how 
you know, how far they can take us. We've kind of agreed at times that this is probably as far as they can take us. And we've accepted that it's probably at some point they're going to sell. But does mm. this, the, the fact that they were able to, that they that they were willing to put us, put our name involved in this complete circus, does it ruin, does it, does it change your confidence in, say, Levy, if he's the guy who's, but who's who's in control of of our of our future That's to sell to sell to sell to the to sell to the right guy? Does it just kind of take away a bit of your confidence that you'd sell to the right person? Well, it's a really good question actually because you know if he'd have pulled it off, you know we might have been more attractive to mm. like a buyer. Yeah, but I just think at the moment. I mean, I, I I just think is is this a watershed for them? Seeing that I I feel, I feel this is a watershed for them. They can't do any more. I genuinely don't think they could do any more, and I wouldn't be surprised if they if they possibly have a, one more season and then they'll be selling. Yeah, I just I just, I just think that they'll have a season, they'll have the crowds back in. You know, the product will be more attractive once the crowds are there. They might do a little bit of investment on the pitch just so they can get their multiple. You know, so so someone who's going to buy it will pay more for it. I just think we have one more season and I genuinely do think that. But I do, I do think they'll sell Kane in the summer and I do think they'll buy three or four players and they might... I do genuinely think we'll have a good season next year because they bring a new manager in. I just think this will be the right time. One more season, I genuinely think they'll sell. Because it will be, will be at the top, you know, we, we're at the new stadium, well, pretty much a new stadium, a great setup. I just think we're ready. We're primed for sale, absolutely primed for sale. You sell, you like? a, sell a few more of those smashed olive pizzas as well. Oh, they're quite nice, though. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's the middle class in me, and I know I've changed from being working class. I know that because I know. <laughs> anyway, I, I just sort of want to, quick, before we wrap up, I just sort of want to sort of ask you about how we feel before Sunday's game. How do we feel? Peter, you first. What do you think? Much, much better uh, going into the final uh after getting tonight's game over the line, it's just created a little bit of feel-good after Jose stumped the place out with his tactics. And I think in a one-off game, who knows? I don't think we go into it favourites by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I very much doubt whether Harry's going to make it. He wasn't even on the bench tonight. I think I'd be very surprised. See, I see, Peter. I disagree. I think he's like nailed on to play. Absolutely nailed on to play. Because I think otherwise the rumours would be out that he's not playing. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't need crutches, which is good when he was leaving yeah. Everton. So that was good to see. Yeah, Sim. What, what, what's your sort of thoughts for Sunday? Tactically, I do worry <laughs> that because you know, there was always that thing to cling to with you know Jose, the tactician, the history behind him, the the winning. The, the final his record in finals so there was that that sort of comfort blanket and almost like fake hope misplaced hope really is is gone but I, I think more than more than some sort of irrational new manager bounce that people have talked about around Ryan Mason I'm just more looking at the fact that City aren't unbeatable they've lost two of their last three mm. games so I'm just clinging to that really that they've got you know games coming up thick and fast and they will be fatigued anyway from this season, so that's that's what I'm clinging to, really. But, but, but no, not brilliantly confident, if I'm honest. No, Bruyne could be injured as well. Yeah, could be. Yeah. yeah. And also, it was interesting. They do have that semi-final uh, Champions League next week. So, mm. and I just saw their team actually. They put out tonight a very strong team. So, possibly strong team tonight, weaker team Sunday, and then strong team again next Wednesday. That's what I'm clinging to. 
Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I'm actually going for a Spurs win. Wow. Love it. Well, I hope you're right. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm I like your blind, optimism. Blind faith. Blind faith. Anyway, guys, it's been brilliant to get a little reaction. Um, you know, we all love the game as much as all the you listeners out there, as much as fans of other clubs. So it's great that we've had the chance to sort of talk through, um, you know, how we feel about it. But, you know, if you ever want to tweet us to say how you feel about it, or if you ever want to sort of like just mention any topics you'd like us to talk about on the podcast, please tweet us at YE1Spurs. So, Sim, have a lovely rest of the week. Hopefully, we might calm down and talk sport. Sim, thanks. Cheers, Ian. Thanks so much. Take it easy, Peter, mate. Thanks, Cheers, man. Thanks for, thanks for tonight. Take it easy, guys, nice. and uh, speak to you soon. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, Cheers. everyone. Cheers.